Hello and welcome to M&A Murders and Accusations, the good, the bad, and the ugly of selling your business. We dig into what you need to know and how not to kill the sell of your business. Now here's our host, Rick J. Krebs, Mergers and Acquisitions Advisor. Hi everyone, this is Rick J. Krebs, the M&A Cowboy from Beaver City, Utah, talking about exit planning. And my guest today is the legend, uh, the guy that started it all. He uh, started the notion and, and started what I want to call a revolution in this country about the need for business owners to plan better for the exit or transition of their business. So Peter, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> but what was it that... that um, got you interested in this notion of exit planning and what started this ball rolling? Uh, Peter's an author, The Master Plan, but um, well, what was it about what you saw that, that made you want to start talking to people about the need for planning? Thank you. That's a good question. Uh, and uh, the reason I, I was M&A person for uh, 30-some years, doing a super job at selling our clients' companies for the greatest value. And we were focused on uh, just that. What we used the auction process was best at the time, the best process around. It was good if I they sold myself. And we did get the highest value good for the client using that auction process. And uh, so then I... You know, one evening or whatever, I started thinking too much. And <laughs> thinking or drinking too much. Well, too, maybe a combination <laughs> of both. I, but uh, I, I said, you know, we're really doing a great job of selling the companies for the highest value. But are we really, really obtaining all of the client's goals and needs? And the answer came back, no, we weren't. It, and we weren't we weren't doing any pre-planning in a state tax and uh, financial pre-planning. I was the same and, way. For years, we we sold businesses that way. We we're transaction. Yeah, exactly. And and we and we weren't really getting into what in the hell that client was going to do after they exit the business. So there were three things that we weren't doing. And it dawned on me that at the time, all the planning, all the actions were taking place after a liquidity event, instead of before the liquidity event when you can get the greatest value. Yeah. That's what precipitated the move into exit planning. Brilliant. And so for the record, Peter was talking about exit planning 20, 30 years before other people were. Um, I was introduced to the notion, I've been selling companies for 13 years now, and I was introduced to the notion of exit planning, you know, about a year and a half ago. So now there's this revolution. It's just a lot of people are talking about exit planning, financial planners, wealth managers, CPAs. They're going, duh, we need to plan better for this exit. But prior prior to just a few years ago, very few people were talking about it. So you were way ahead of your time in the 90s telling people that they needed to do this. Yep. Yeah, well, I was. In fact, an interesting point. When I started getting involved the further and developing a model for what we're talking about, I Googled uh, uh, exit planning and 
got at that time 500 hits. 500 is all. 500. I, I last time I Googled was a couple months ago, what have you, and I think I got 46 million hits. <laughs> so that said something about what's happened in that in that uh, 20, 30 year period, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I am always astonished by that uh, fact. And uh, uh, there's only one way to sell a company or exit a company, and that is to start a process, whether it be uh, two years, three years, got to be done way ahead of time to accomplish three things. And, and from the book, uh, you remember the stool, right? The, the three legs of the stool to maximize the value of business, to get planned personally from an estate, tax, and financial point. And the third, uh, the third uh, leg of the stool is to plan on what they're going to do after they exit the business. They're like that. Yeah. Accomplishing those three things is a team type of activity okay because what you what you want to do there's not one person who's an expert in all three of those goals and objectives so you bring in your team of experts that that are expert in part of this slate part of that lay what have you and the then what you have to do in my role at that time what i did was i was a quarterback or the coordinator with the client on getting those activities done before we sold. Gotcha. Great, great idea and great information. So I want to share um, some statistics from your book here. It says 50% of business owners want to exit their business in the next five years and 75% want to exit within the next 10 years. And I've, I've seen some recent statistics that say 60% of the businesses privately held businesses, they're in their 60s, they're wanting to retire, and so there's going to be a huge need for this. Um, I I saw also, it says 80% of all business owners have 90% of their net worth tied up in their business. So, yeah. so um, there's such a need for this. A lot of people are going to be doing it, selling their business, contemplating a transition, and they're going to need good people to help them with that. Um, I want to share, I love the third leg of the stool, you write a poem in here. What will, or you quote a poem, what will matter? And, and I, I, I love that. Uh, it, it is so true, you know. Yeah, there's one part in here. I won't take the time to read the whole thing, but it says, What will matter is not what you bought, but what you built. Not what you got, but what you gave. What will matter is not your success, but your significance. And so we see these business owners able to exit their business and make a significant impact on their family and their relationships and their legacy. Well, that's exactly the key word you just said is legacy, leaving a legacy uh, the right way. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Absolutely love it. So while we're on the topic of the book, let's go through a few more things here. So on the three legs of the stool, we're going to go through those again. First one is maximizing company value. I call them value drivers and value divers, right? Yep. So, what are um, what are some things that would impact value both positively and negatively? What are the big drivers you'd see? Well, 
there's a lot of them. Uh, one of the one of the uh, first things that come to mind, and and by the way, in the discovery process, you you go through all those factors of that affect value on the business. For uh, for instance, um, customer concentration. Uh, no, there's no buyer that wants to that will give you top value if 80% of your revenue is coming from one customer or 70%, yeah. 60%. It risk. That's a, it risk. a big risk and that devalues the, the company because of that situation. Uh, I had mentioned uh, uh, if that owner is the primary business and source of the business and what have it, and what would happen to that company if that owner was gone, uh, that's another factor that decreases the value uh, of the business. How about the uh, management team? Yeah. That that is a very important, you know, age point of view from an activity point of view. Are, are they going to stay? Uh, and well, first of all, how good are they? Uh, one thing I found a lot of times is that business owners were reluctant to fire or replace people that should be replaced. Even that, they've always said, well, we'll let the, we'll let the, we'll let the uh, buyer do that. You know, yeah. no, 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 no. We're, we're going to have to take those steps. You're going to have to swallow the pill and take those steps now because we, we, we want to, remember, want to maximize that business. And Rick is not a good controller for you. <laughs> and maybe there isn't. Yeah, well, what I would be concerned about this is the reps and warnings that we would have to make in the deal regarding finances of the company and so forth. And, and, and you find out so much information and in going through discovery of things that are increasing the value of the business and things that are decreasing the value. Well, let's talk about discovery. Um, things are better disclosed than they are discovered. And so what Peter's talking about here is your initial discovery. When you're thinking about taking, you're contemplating an exit or a transition, you have a process where you go through and you value the business, you discover what the business is about. That's where you shell out along these potential issues, right? If you have a good team, they're going to ask those hard questions and they're going to be able to identify those things, which may be a potential problem or a risk to the buyer. If you have time, you get to work on those things. And uh, it, like you said, you got a manager you need to fire. You get a chance to fire him, get a new person in there that they're going to like. Um, if there's a, a high customer concentration, you have a couple of years to work on um, increasing your customer base and going out and finding some new customers. So, so if you have time on your hands, you're able to do a lot of these things. If you don't, you know, if you're blinking on your gas tank's blinking on empty, you're and you just got to get out. And now, yeah, there's no time. How much gas is in your tank? Mr. Business owner, Mrs. Business owner, how much gas is in your tank? How much time do you have to do these? So you can never start planning for an exit too early. People yeah. ask me, when do I start? Well, the day you open the door, you start planning. Yes, exactly. When you buy it or when you uh, start it, it's, it's when you, you know. In fact, the thing, if you start to think about it, private equity groups today, one of their main functions when they analyze a company is, what is my exit plan going to be? And they take a look at when they're going to uh, exit and uh, uh, how they would exit. Yep. So mm -hmm. 
they had it all figured out in their analysis. They're smart guys, right? So there's a couple other things I wanted to ask you about in the book here. 16 indicators of business valuation problems. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned is size, and it matters. I like that. <laughs> so the size of a business can impact value. Tell us about that. Well, one of the issues that you run into with your smaller companies, and when I talk about smaller companies, I'm talking about companies doing a million, two million, three million in sale. You get a, they've got a lot of more opportunity or risk then, of course, a, a larger company is doing 20, 25, 30, 40 million. So, and buyers understand that. And what they're really trying to clear out and chip away the, what, what are the risks with this particular business. And so what a business owner's got to do, if he wants or she wants to maximize the value of the business, they're going to have to grow that business to... 10 million, 12 million, and so forth. If they want to maximize the value of that business, so now you figure out how long it's going to take, what it's going to cost to get there, and what are the steps, what actions do you have to take to grow that business to that point? And that's if they want to maximize the value and well, most business owners, when they're a million or two million, of course they want to match Because I tell you what, it's worth a hell of a lot more at 10 million than it is at two million. Exactly. And look at the difference in their retirement. Well, it, say a $2 million exit compared to a $10 million exit, right? I mean, the house that you're living in, the restaurants you're eating at, the things you can do with your family with $10 million where your retirement is entirely different than what you can do with, say, $2 million. Yeah, exactly. It's life-changing. It's, 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 and that's also part of the education of the business owner. Yeah. So I appreciate uh, you coming on the show today, Peter. Again, his book is called The Master Plan. You can get it on Amazon. Get it and read it. I highly recommend it. it. It's a great read for any of you thinking about an exit or a transition. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you very much. My guest today is Peter Christman, the man, the legend. He's the one who was a thought leader back in the 90s and brought up the notion that we need to start planning for these exits. Minding our exits, not blinding our exits. Welcome, Peter. So, thank, thank you. So today I want to talk and ask you what you see. We're going to talk about the industry. What do you see in the industry and where it's headed? That's a good question. I, I, uh, I see, first of all, the need for exit planning is really expanding. And also, I, I see a lot of uh, firms, financial advisory firms, uh, law firms, accounting firms, uh, they're looking for new business and new disciplines. And exit planning is a terrific uh, uh, new business opportunity for those advisory functions. But I really see uh, uh, 
growth in in those areas. And uh, so that kind of growth, what does it require? It, it requires educating those functions, those advisors, as to what exit planning should be and what it's not. So, uh, so that's going to be uh, very I- important. Also, there there's a transition from M and A and exit planning, a, a little bridge that's being established, and the fact that. Uh, a lot of your uh, deal makers, uh, all they cared about was getting a deal done, getting the check, and moving on. Transaction. It, you can't be that way anymore. I agree. If, if you uh, if you are involved in some portion of getting that client ready uh, to maximize the value of the business, to get them to, in in step to keep most of what they get and and uh, know exactly what they're going to do afterward, those three legs of the stool, yeah. that uh, uh, if you don't go through those as a, as a um, M&A person, as a deal maker, the deal is going to fall through because you don't have the basis covered. Okay. Yeah. So we're going so, from transactional to relation. It's all about those relationships. Exactly. Uh, so I think we're educating the the business owner as to what has to be done, and educating the various functions that have to be done. Uh, up until a few years ago, these functions were in silo. Okay, accounting, legal, uh, financial planning, and so they were in silo. They got to break down those silos now and make sure they understand how everybody operates as a team and what everybody's function is in that team and in, in, uh, helping the business owner. Everyone working together with the client is a so, team. So those are, those are trends that I, I see happening. And, and, uh, uh, and I think the, uh, you know, everybody, wants more business and everybody wants more revenue and more money in their pocket and so forth. And uh, so uh, you asked me what I see as trends happening. That's what I see happening in the business. Gotcha. So I got a second question for you. I wonder if I got a second answer. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) People are talking recession. So how does a recession impact business, the selling of businesses? First of all, it, 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 the question has to be asked, how does a recession impact the business from a customer point of view, revenue point of view? It's a wrong question, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, recession has a opportunity to decrease the value of the business. Only if you let it, though. Only if you let it and don't have strategies or plan to attack that, okay? The other thing is, uh, how does the recession going to affect the uh, money that's available uh, for a buyer mm-hmm. to do a deal? Capital markets. Capital yeah. markets, what, what's available as far as equity money, money uh, mezzanine, senior debt. Uh, so those questions 
on how a recession affects it have to be addressed by each function, seller function and buyer, and then strategies developed to handle those things that come out of that analysis. Hi, everyone. This is Rick J. Krebs, your M&A cowboy from Beaver City, talking murders and accusations, M&A today, doing things that don't kill the sale of your business. So my guest on the show today is Peter Christman, and he is the founder, the pioneer of exit planning, um, the author of this book, which he wrote in the 90s, and he was talking exit planning and planning for transition long before most people were thinking about it. I was still in college. And when he was out talking about this, and now it's on a lot of people's mind. But there's some exciting things going on in your life, Peter, right now, and and uh, you're you're kind of leading a, an initiative coming out of retirement, from what I understand, and uh, looking to do something. And I'd like you to kind of share with us what you're looking to do. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, well, I, I really don't have anything finalized right now, but uh, I'm running into a situation that affects. Uh, a lot of business owners. Uh, I've been retired now for a while, and I played a lot of golf, and I've uh, had a few drinks, ate a few then. And uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm I'm still in good shape. I still feel good. I still feel I have a lot to offer uh, out there, and I'm not offering it. And uh, I, my wife hates it when I use the term bored, but uh, I, 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 that describes it a little bit. But I said, well, I you like the term uh, refired, and she likes that a lot better. So that means I, fired twice? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that means they hate the fired up. Exactly. Fired up, exactly. <laughs> so I am, uh, I am refired, and I'm, I'm coming out with, uh, uh, a mentoring program for mainly uh, business advisors. And uh, uh, I have a wealth of information to help them get new business, help them do the basics that they're maybe not doing now. And uh, I'm just... uh, uh, wondering how I'm going to structure this mentoring package to where it's productive for uh, for the business advisors out there. And of course, productive uh, for me. Uh, but I'm going to be coming up with something, and uh, look forward looking forward to it. And uh, I, I think it will be product and so forth that will educate the advisor and also demonstrate how the advisor can educate the business owner in this whole uh, exit planning uh, process. Love it. And there are pitfalls and there's uh, opportunities. So, you know, I love to see people that are successful. And I love to help people become successful. So that's that's the reason. That and, and the fact is that I'd like to leave a little legacy besides that 
to the book. And uh, uh, and that's one way I think I'm able to do it while I can. Great. Giving back. I'm giving back. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Stay tuned. I'm really excited to see. Oh, my. Well, I might. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you, it's not. You're going to hear more from Peter. I'm not going away. Good. Yep. You're right. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate well, being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for attending our podcast. We invite you to join us for future episodes of M&A, Murders and Accusations, the good, the bad, and the ugly of selling your business. You can also visit us at www.bsalesgroup.com or email Rick directly at rick at bsalesgroup.com.